1: lot to cover this evening, and I'll tell you what. Kamala Harris was a senator from California. Before that, she was an attorney general of California. She is not fit to even be a senator, and she wants to be president. She is a radical yep. demagogue. If elected president of the United States, she will threaten the very foundations of this society. I want you to listen briefly and then I'm going to give it some context to Kamala Harris, the darling of the left, the darling of the media, the darling of the Democrat Party. I want you to listen to this nutcase who obviously doesn't take our national security very seriously and didn't learn from 9-11. There is a woman who was the deputy CIA director. Her name is Gina Haspel. And after 9-11, immediately after 9-11, she was given one of the toughest assignments at the CIA. Find out who the hell these people are and if they're going to attack us again. And for these senators, particularly Harris, but others, to sit there on their fat asses looking at her, asking her about her moral views when it comes to enhanced interrogation, is beyond belief.
2: Cut 10, go. Do you believe that the previous interrogation techniques were immoral? Senator, I believe that CIA officers to whom you referred. It's a yes or no answer. Do you believe the previous interrogation techniques were immoral? I'm not asking, do you believe they were legal? I'm asking, do you believe they were immoral? Senator, I believe that. CIA did yes extraordinary answer. work to prevent another attack on this country given the legal tools that we were authorized please to use. Please answer yes or no. Do you believe in hindsight that those techniques were immoral? Senator, what I believe sitting here today is that I support the higher moral standard we have decided to hold ourselves Can you please to. please answer the question? Senator, I, I think I've answered the question. No, you've not. Do you believe the previous techniques now armed with hindsight, do you believe they were immoral? Yes or no? Senator, I believe that we should hold ourselves to the moral standard outlined in the Army field manual.
1: Okay, so I understand that you've not answered the question, but I'm going to move on. You know what, but I'm not going to move on, lady. What do you think of that? I have no respect for you whatsoever, Senator. I don't know what you were doing almost 17 years ago. But Ms. Haspel was trying to help this country protect the American people. Now she wants to move on. I'm not moving on. What is this all about? Waterboarding? We're not allowed to waterboard the enemy? Now I will remind Ms. Harris what it's all about. Cut 12, Mr. Producer. Go. We
3: just had a- The plane was aiming towards the building. You have a second plane into the other tower of the tower of the vitrine A of major fire. You're going to have dumpers, baby, dumpers. now we're all alone the second building came down i can't see so we have no contact with anybody at this time okay
4: fire department 408 where's the fire yeah, hi. I'm on the 106th floor of the uh, World Trade Center. We just had an explosion up here. All right. We're, we're there. We're coming up to get you, you. see the smoke coming up from outside the windows down. <clears throat> All right. We're on the way. Huh? We're on the way, sir. Okay. All please right. Please just, just keep the windows open. If you can open up windows and just sit tight. It's going to be a while because there's a, a fire going on we downstairs. open the windows unless we break. Okay. Just, just sit tight. All right. Just sit tight. We're on the way.
5: All right. Please hurry. Two World Trade Center on the 97th floor. Heavy smoke. Okay, sir, please
3: try to keep calm. We'll send somebody up there immediately. Everyone's there and they're trying to get you all up. Okay, uh, y'all have the air? Y'all breathing okay? Okay, so you're breathing okay. I say just relax and try to stay calm, try to keep air off. Try to get back to try to get there to you as soon as you can. Those world people have a difficult breathing. All right, you're going to move this to the fire department, okay? All right, sir? Uh, we're going to relay this to the line, like right. you. Sir, you want to leave the line? Oh, I'll stay on the line with you. You don't have to
4: talk,
1: okay? They're asking this wonderful lady, this Gina Haspel, about her moral compass? They're grilling her about her morality when she stepped into the breach? To try and protect the American people from enemies unknown when we were hit on 9-11? These senators sit there? These sanctimonious piece of craps? That's exactly right! Kamala Harris. You want to hear another one? Martin Heinrich of New Mexico. Cut nine, go. Were these the
6: right thing to do? Do... Are they consistent with American values, fundamentally? What do you believe?
2: Senator, I believe very strongly in American values and America being an example to the rest of the world. Um, that is why I support the fact that we have chosen to hold ourselves to a stricter moral standard.
6: But that's about Congress and all of us. I want to know what you
7: think.
2: I think that we should hold ourselves to a stricter moral standard, and I would never allow CIA to be involved in uh, coercive interrogations. W-
6: where was that moral compass at the time?
2: Where was that moral compass at the time?
1: Who the hell is this guy? Heinrich! Where the hell was he 17 years ago? Heinrich! Where was that uh, moral compass at the time? This is the weak underbelly, ladies and gentlemen. This is the fifth column. The left. Open borders, eviscerate the military, trash law enforcement, attacking serious, patriotic CIA officials. They should take this woman and put her on their damn shoulders and parade her around the room and thank her. But no, Mr. Heinrich and Ms. Harris want to know where her moral compass is. And I'm not done. Mark Warner, cut seven, go. There is the potential that this president could
3: ask you to do something, he obviously believes in these procedures, but even if he asks you to do something that is not directly related to detention interrogation, but if he asks you to do something that you believe is morally questionable, even if there is an OLC opinion that in a Listen to this.
1: Listen to this fool. He represents Virginia, where the Pentagon is, where the Pentagon was hit. Listen to this fool. I've had it up to here with these people, trying to destroy our president, won't secure the border, eviscerating the military, trashing law enforcement, turning the FBI upside down. I'm sick and tired of it. This poor woman is there at her confirmation hearing. She's a patriot. On 9-11, she was reassigned to counterintelligence. All the people at the CIA. You can go to the communist Brennan and you can go to the other side. Praise this woman. But it's not enough. It's not enough for Kamala Harris or Senator Heinrich or Mr. Warner. It's not enough. If she'd been sitting in the cafeteria on 9-11 and on 9-12 and on 9-13 and every other damn day, then they'd want her as a CIA official. If she had voted for Gus Hall, a communist... When she was in college, then they would want her as the CIA director. But the fact that she stood up, none of these damn men in here stood up like she did. Where the hell was Mark Warner? The fact that she stood up to the enemy has to be treated like this. What do you think the enemy thinks of this today? And what about all those patriots at the CIA? Any other intelligence agencies who are not trying to destroy our president, but are trying to protect us? What do you think they think when they see this? What do they want to do? Turn the CIA into the Baltimore Police Department? Now that they've eviscerated that, I cannot stand these people. I despise these people. I'll be right back. Love in. Yeah, you want to know? Moral Compass They want to know about Moral Compass They don't have a Moral Compass on Capitol Hill They're disgusting Absolutely disgusting The left Hates this country and they will do anything for power. I want you to listen to this guy, Jack Reed. Now, this guy, Jack Reed, served in Vietnam. He's been wearing it on his shoulder for a long time, and I've, I've kept my powder dry with this guy. But not anymore. Not anymore. Listen to how he treats Gina Haspel. Cut six. Go.
3: If one of your operators were captured, subjected to waterboarding and enhanced interrogation techniques, which you, I believe, supervise, would you consider that to be moral, uh, since perhaps the other uh, entity did not have legal restrictions, and good tradecraft, as you appeared to do when you were involved in it previously?
2: Senator, I don't believe uh, the terrorists follow uh, any guidelines or civilized norms or the law. CIA follows the Excuse law. You, Madam.
3: you seem to be saying that you were not following civilized norms and the law or anything else when you were conducting those self same activities. If that's the
1: analogy you're going to draw.
2: Senator, I'm sorry, can you read? I, I can't- Very simple.
1: No, you're not simple. You're a simpleton. And he goes on to berate her, making a moral relevancy argument. You hear that, cops? You hear that, firefighters? That's Jack Reed. Now, I want you to hear something else about the moral compass and whose moral compass is screwed up and whose moral compass is not screwed up. American Flight 77, go. Go. American
8: seventy-seven, your departure frequency will be one yeah, two five point zero five, runway three zero, clear for
0: takeoff. Five, 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 clear for takeoff, runway three zero, American seventy-seven.
4: American seventy-seven, don't support your radar contact. Climbing, maintain five thousand. Five thousand, American
0: seventy-seven.
9: American
0: 77, climb maintain one 7, $77. American
8: 77, contact Washington seven one three three
0: point
8: two seven. Ah, American 77, pass two five thousand American 77, climb maintain flight level two nine or zero, sir. Uh, two nine zero, sir. American 77, turn 20 degrees right, vector for your climb. That's running right, American 77. American 77, cover the request for 350 as your final. American 77, roger. Maintain flight level 350, I'll show that as your final. 350, 45.
10: American 77, climb and maintain by level 350. 335O, American 77. American 77, clear direct uh, to Falmouth. Direct to Falmouth, American 77, thank you, sir. American 77, Indy. American 77, American Indy. (laughs) American 77, American Indy. Radio check. How do you read? American uh, 77, American Radio Check. How do you read? This is... Gankos. Uh, this is uh, Henderson, American 77. I don't know what happened to him. I'm trying to oh, read uh, his Looks like he turned, took a turn to the south, and uh, now I'm, uh, I don't know what altitude he's at or what he's doing last night. He was uh, heading towards Falmouth at the 35. Well, just let me know. Okay, I'll try to get a hold of him. Thanks.
1: I'll let you know, Chip Burlingame and his co-pilot were murdered. And that plane was hijacked and was flown into the Pentagon. Mr. Warner, Mr. Reed, Mr. Heinrich, Ms. Feinstein, Ms. Harris. That's what happened to Flight 77 American Airlines with certain friends of mine on it. Deborah Burlingame's brother is the captain. These pieces of you-know-what sit there in that damn committee playing politics with our lives. How dare they treat this woman like this? Gina Haspel, ladies and gentlemen, is a hero. She has character. She has morality. And for these low-life politicians... To question her like she did something wrong when she was trying to protect this country after 9-11 is a disgrace I have never seen a disgrace like this on Capitol Hill and I've seen a lot of them this is beyond the pale I'll be back yeah and I don't sexually harass anybody over here either Over at the Drudge Report, he's linking to the Sun. Israel air raid, air raid siren sound in Israel, as Syria shells a military base in the Golan Heights after airstrike on Damascus. Rockets are believed to have been fired from the occupied Golan Heights region and have landed in the province near the Syrian city. I'm reading from the Sun. Israel has claimed that the Iranian-backed forces have launched missiles at their military base in the annexed Golan Heights region following reports of an Israeli bombing campaign near Damascus Israeli defense systems are designed to destroy rockets Uh, they have their iron dome up Israeli spokesman said about 20 rockets were fired by Iranian Qud forces at the Jewish state's defensive line in Golan Heights he claimed that no one has been injured and the defense systems intercepted several of the missiles Britain based Syrian Observatory for Human Rights also said jets flew over the area which lies near the Syria's southern border. This comes after missile strikes last night were attributed to Israel following reports of irregular activity of Iranian forces in Syria. The Iranian forces are on the move, and Israel's not going to sit there like a sitting duck and wait to get hit. Campaigners said the strikes killed nine people and targeted depots and rocket launchers that likely belong to Iran's elite revolutionary guards. The Israel Defense Forces has deployed the Iron Dome missile defense systems in Golan Heights in northern Israel in preparation for retaliatory strikes, reports Haaretz. Tuesday's strikes represent an immediate escalation in tensions in the region. And I'm not going to read the rest of this, which (coughs) of course attacks Donald Trump. Israel, which almost never confirms or denies airstrikes in Syria, did not comment on Tuesday's attacks. I believe, ladies and gentlemen, that it's inevitable that there's going to be a war here, not because the United States or Donald Trump, not because of Israel, not because of Saudi Arabia, because of Iran. Iran wants war, and Iran's going to get war. And the fact of the matter is, this is no joke. And you can thank Barack Obama for laying the foundation, and the Europeans the British, the French, the Germans, the Russian, the Chinese, and all the rest of them, pouring $150 billion into this genocidal terrorist regime that kills American soldiers, that funds Al-Qaeda, the Taliban, Hamas. What in the world were they thinking? Pouring billions of dollars into a regime like this. Which slaughters its own people, rapes its own people, tortures its own people. What the hell are they thinking? They're in Iraq, they're in Syria, they're in Yemen, they're in Lebanon. 150,000 missiles aimed at Israel from Hezbollah, their surrogate militia. They're shooting missiles now and then into Saudi Arabia. They want to knock that regime out. And we're supposed to follow the French. And the Germans, when the hell have we ever followed the Germans? And the Brits, well, you know what? Maybe when the British get a navy again, maybe we'll follow them. But last time I checked, they have to follow us. Thank God we have a commander-in-chief, a real commander-in-chief, not Hillary rotten Clinton and all the BS that comes with her. I wonder what Kamala... Kamala Harris thinks about this or Senator Heinrich from New Mexico or Senator Reid or Senator Warner I wonder what they think we should do ladies and gentlemen these are very scary times for we the American people we have a commander in chief who the Democrats are trying to take out and they've hired a prosecutor a hitman a illegal hitman to try and take them down they will not secure our borders they will not support our military they will not support our real law enforcement and now this alright you can you can kill that we will keep an eye on what's going on there we'll keep an eye on what's going on there because this could be a big deal I think it's just a matter of time I felt that for some time as you know I told you a few months ago if we go to war it won't be with North Korea it will be with Iran because Iran is an Islamo-Nazi ideologically driven fundamentalist jihadi operation and they they are not worried about mad, mutually assured destruction. Or maybe they are in the short term, but certainly not in the long term. So we will watch, but we have a weak underbelly in this country, and you heard them. You heard them on display with the president's nominee to head the CIA. No better person on the face of the earth to head the CIA. But not good enough for the Democrats. Every damn one of them is running for president, don't you know? And in order to get the nomination... You have to damn near be a communist like Bernie Sanders. You have to have dripping hate for your own country. You must beat the drums of racism endlessly. You must embrace aggressive socialism. You must reject the institutions of this nation as old and decrepit. As old and decrepit. You must reject the constitutional order itself. This is what we're facing. That's why I thought this hearing today was so important, to expose these people. To expose these people. They allow people to come into this country. MS-13, MS-13 in some of the communities in our country are slaughtering people just as horrifically as ISIS does. It's estimated there's 20,000, 25,000, 30,000, 18,000 MS-13 gang members in this country. How did they get here? They're not picking lettuce. They're not cleaning toilets. But they are doing jobs Americans won't do, like decapitating people or slicing them open when they're alive or gang raping them. Not just in our cities. Long Island. Sterling Virginia all over the country this is what Obama has wrought this is what the Democrats have wrought can you imagine this country in the vice grip of the left can you imagine what would be happening to this country in the vice grip of the left what would happen to our industries what would happen to our entrepreneurs what would happen to our property rights what would happen to our income? What would happen to our security and law enforcement in our neighborhoods? Can you imagine? They've already gotten their creepy hands on our healthcare system and everybody now is struggling over health care. Not sure what to do. They never they never turn back, they never look back, they never they never think about what they've done. They're not circumspect. They just march on lockstep straight ahead. You know, General Sherman was a great general. He was Ulysses Grant's right-hand man. And I know he's hated in much of the South. But the Southern generals after the war respected him enormously. And Sherman, like Grant, they said, we have to end this thing. Abraham Lincoln begged them, please end this war. End this war. I need generals who will fight and end this war. And he finally found one, and another one, Grant and Sherman. And you know about Sherman, probably not a lot, but a little, how he burned Atlanta to the ground. He didn't just burn Atlanta to the ground. They marched through Georgia. They were burning Georgia to the ground. They were cutting off supply lines. They were trying to, to turn the people of the Confederacy against the Confederacy. They needed to end the war. It had gone on too long. It was a war of attrition for the South. And the South put up a hell of a fight. And quite frankly, but for a few screw-ups, there may be two countries today. Sherman through Atlanta, Sherman through Georgia. Now, why am I mentioning it in this context? Because, ladies and gentlemen, the left is nothing like Sherman. But they are like the damage that he did. They are, figuratively, going through our communities and destroying them. Going through our culture and destroying it. Going through our Constitution and destroying it going through our immigration system and destroying it, going through our health care system and destroying it, going through our military and undermining it. I used the word the other day. This is a pernicious force. It is a pernicious force. If you know a little bit of history, we've seen this before. We see it today. Where they wrap themselves in the American people. They wrap themselves in populism. But they don't believe in representation. They believe in the iron fist. That's why they're connected at the hip with the central government and won't give up a lick of power. This hearing today should have told you everything you needed to know about the left and should have underscored that which you already knew. They are a diabolical crowd, a diabolical crowd. And we need to recognize this. Oh, I know there's some young guys out there saying, we need to engage in debate. We need to debate. I'm all in favor of debate. But debate in lieu of defense is not a strategy. This is real world what's going on in this country. Real world. Real time. I'll be right back. Mark in. As you know, I'm cerebral, but I'm also passionate. Passion is okay in sports, you know, and sports casters, and it. But here, no, you're supposed to be monotone. No, I'm not. No, I'm not at all. This isn't some game. You know, whenever a major crisis strikes, be it a hurricane, wildfire, earthquake, cyberterrorism. We see emergency personnel get overwhelmed, which means they can't rescue everyone as fast as they'd like to. The truth is, you're the best first responder. It's your responsibility to prepare so you can protect your family in a crisis. This is the day to build your emergency food supply. Get this special double offer from my friends at My Patriot Supply. Buy a two-week emergency food kit and get one free. That's right. Buy one, get one free. Here's what you do. Call 800-294-2325 or order online at preparewithmark.com. Now, these foods last up to 25 years in storage. Both two-week emergency food kits are shipped free and discreetly to your home. Supplies of this BOGO are limited. That is, buy one, get one free. Do this now and know you've prepared for the worst. And you will Prepare for the worst. That's what I've done. 800-294-2325 or preparewithmark.com. 800-294-2325 or preparewithmark.com. This isn't some conspiracy stuff or malicious stuff. There are natural disasters all the time, and you see how people struggle. It's very, very important that you prepare as best you can for yourselves. All right, let's take some calls here. Paul, Houston, Texas, XM Satellite. Go right ahead, sir. Hi,
4: Mark. I appreciate uh, taking the call. And in one sense, yes, I agree. We shouldn't be cutting off fingers, toes, beatings, that kind of stuff. On the other hand, waterboarding causes no physical damage or harm. And it unleashes a deep seated psychological fear of drowning. It's almost a survival reflex. And I want to know I want somebody to ask those people that were firing the questions today are we to the point now? that we no longer want to scare the enemy are we at that point
1: no well again we're drag them in court and give them due process rights you know they're terrorists they're not they're not uh, legal combatants they're not soldiers in a war who use uniforms they're terrorists they do not have Geneva protections. and um it's absolutely appalling what's going on here you know my buddy steve crowder he uh you know, for almost gimmicky, he went ahead and he was waterboarded. And he was waterboarded four or five times in a row. He's still there. He's still doing perfectly well. Didn't affect him. And, uh, and and they make it like it's torture. It's not torture. You know what torture is? Constantly trashing our own country. It's unbelievable. Absolutely. I think they waterboard
4: the SEALs in their training, too. I may be wrong, but I think they do. Well, let's
1: say we kick the terrorist in the nuts. Is that a problem with you? It's not a problem for me. Not if they're flying planes into buildings. No, no. what the hell? I mean, is this a game? Thank you for your call. Let me, let me tell you folks a little bit more reality. And excuse my language there. You know, they don't talk about what happened in World War II and these different battles that took place. And uh, my mother's father, my grandfather, Mo, Mo Rubin, his given name was Maurice. He hated it. So he called himself Mo. He was a tough, tough man. He joined the Marines after Pearl Harbor. He was 34. And he grew up tough in the streets of Philadelphia, in the Depression. He and his brother in law, Tug, who was also a very, very tough man, very big hands, they would drive from Philadelphia to the Pittsburgh area, and they'd have a, uh, they'd borrow a truck. I guess we call it a pickup truck today, but it was nothing as nice as that. And they would load it with coal. And they would drive it back to Germantown in Philadelphia. That's where they lived. And they would sell it. And coal was used to cook and to heat homes and all the rest of it. They didn't know any better, I guess, did they, with the EPA today? But they both joined the Marines after Pearl Harbor. They didn't serve together. Tug, my grandfather's brother-in-law, fought at Guadalcanal. My grandfather fought at Iwo Jima and Guam. Neither men would like to talk about it. Neither men really did talk about it. But let me just say this to you. When the Japanese on Iwo Jima were not taking prisoners, and when we took some of them prisoners and they would have grenades on their bodies and so forth and kill, we stopped taking prisoners. We killed them. Killed them. I wonder what Kamala Harris would think about that. Or Mark Warner. Or Dianne Feinstein. I wonder what they would think about that. I wonder if my grandfather, God rest his soul, if he had ever been nominated to head the CIA, I wonder what kind of questioning he would have faced about his moral compass. And if he had lost his moral compass. These people are a disgrace. They contribute absolutely nothing to this country. They've done, most of them, not all of them, but most of them have done absolutely nothing for this country. They managed to get elected to office. And they think in getting elected to office that they're better than the rest of us. What they don't understand is we cannot stand them. I'll be right back. Eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one. Last night, when this story broke, it was all over the web on Drudge. It was NBC News, and it was that Michael Cohen, that, that some kind of a slush fund had been sent up with about half a million dollars, money that was provided by an organization tied to a Russian oligarch who was extremely close to Vladimir Putin. And I got this email... And I discussed it with you, but from my buddy Andy McCarthy, we went back and forth a little bit. The point being, as he pointed out, this is kind of odd. This is kind of odd. Why would Mueller refer this matter to the Southern District of New York if it involves a Russian oligarch close to Putin and half a million dollars in slush money for Cohen? That doesn't make any sense. And it didn't make any sense, because those aren't, as it turns out, the facts, despite all the headlines and all the reports. And it should amaze you at this point that we have a media now that will take information from anyone. Anonymous sources, nutty professors from Yale, unreliable writers, and now a slip-and-fall lawyer. Apparently people like my phrase slip-and-fall lawyer. A lot of talk show hosts have picked up on it. I'm getting emails about that. Well, that's okay. Mr. Avenatti, in my view, is one of those slip-and-fall lawyers, as I've been pointing out. We have an article from The Daily Caller where he actually, in terms of some of these payments, accuses the wrong Michael Cohen. So wrong way Avenatti, slip-and-fall man. Also, the company involved said we have nothing to do. We have no connection to this Russian oligarch, none whatsoever. Oops, strike two. Strike two. So in a day of this crap. And now we have this. The United States Department of Treasury Inspector General wants to know how the porno lawyer got Cohen's bank records. Or got any of these bank records. And, of course, the media, which was giving the porn lawyer, the slip-and-fall lawyer, all the attention that he loves, never asked him that because they don't care. The Hill, the Treasury Department's inspector general is investigating how Stormy Daniels' lawyer, Michael Avenatti, obtained confidential bank records concerning company controlled by President Trump's personal attorney, Michael Cohen. The Inspector General's Counsel, Rich Delmar, told The Hill that the office is looking into allegations that federally mandated reports filed about Cohen's banking transactions were improperly disseminated, quote-unquote. You know what that means? Somebody leaked them from the government. News of the Treasury investigation, which is focused on the release of suspicious activity reports filed by banks that hosted accounts for Cohen, first reported Wednesday by the Washington Compost. Delmar told The Hill that the Treasury probe is based on the New York Times report from Tuesday. They revealed that a shell company set up by Cohen received more than a million dollars from an American company linked to a Russian oligarch. But that's been disproved. So they have half the story wrong still. It's time that this guy, Avanetti, get the anal exam he so justly deserves, and not by his client. Is that too harsh, Mr. Producer? I don't think so. I think we should change our reference to Mr. Avenatti from slip and fall lawyer, which I've been using for 15 years, to Stormy Avenatti. What do you think of that, Mr. Producer? Stormy Avenatti. A legal porno star, if you will. In the context of the law. People are telling me stuff about this guy. I got to dig into this stuff. Because we know CNN won't. We know MSNBC won't. We know Meet the Press won't. We know George Stephanopoulos won't. We know the rest of them won't. Because they need this slip and fall stormy Avenatti. And have you noticed all these media companies. With all these sexual harassment allegations. They love Stormy Daniels. They can't get enough of her. They can't get enough. I'm starting to think that these hosts want her on their shows because they're into it. That's right. I said it. I really believe it. So this didn't make sense last night when we reported it. I told you it didn't make sense, didn't make sense to me, didn't make sense to McCarthy, didn't make sense to anybody who thinks and that would exclude virtually every reporter in the country. Virtually every re- reporter in the country. Why is this this thigh rash, this poison ivy, stormy avanati slip and fall lawyer. I have to keep saying slip and fall lawyer because uh To expose the uh, backbenchers. Why do you think he? uh, He's everywhere. He's a nobody. Because the media want him. And in a month or two, they'll go for somebody else. Maybe, maybe in a week or two. But I wanted to circle back on this story because now Mr. Avenatti apparently is under investigation. What did Mr. Avenatti know, and when did he know it? When did he get these bank records? When did he get these bank records? Does this concern the U.S. Attorney's Office in the Southern District of New York? It should. Does this concern Mr. Mueller? No, not in the least. He doesn't care. And back in November, apparently Mr. Mueller and his team of Democrat prosecutors, starting with deaf, dumb, and blind, they... uh, They apparently already looked at this and gave it a pass. Doesn't stop the media. Wait a minute. We've got Avenatti. They're slipping forward. Bring him in. Bring him in. Plus, we get ratings. Bring in Avenatti. We need Avenatti. Is that two T's or one? Doesn't matter. Get Avenatti in here. Now, why have not Chuck Todd, George Stephanopoulos, the gaggle of usual? phony reporters and journalists done a report on Mr. Avenatti's background. They just keep plopping him on the screen. Why haven't they told us about his business activities? About his debt. About his connections with Rahm Emanuel. My buddy, poor Sean Hannity, he uh, apparently had some connection with Cohen in terms of representation Nothing particularly formal, and I haven't talked to him, but I'm just telling him what I read. No, 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 he should have revealed this. I've got to get to reveal, get to reveal. And meanwhile, Avenatti, nothing. Who else is he represented? What else do we know? And hey, listen, when he becomes a host on Fox, then we'll dig. Right now, we kind of need the guy. Kind of need the uh, old Avenatti. Stormy Avenatti, slip and fall man. So the story last evening that broke by NBC News and was pushed out on every website was a phony story. Daily Caller says they even got the wrong Michael Cohen in some respects. Michael Cohen says the documents are false. They're not correct, I think is the language. The company says we're not tied to that Russian oligarch. So essentially in every particular they got it wrong. And I'm Mister Avenatti's under investigation by the Inspector General. So the next time he shows up on the Great Jake Tapper show, or the Great Wolf Blitzer, or the Great Don Lemon, or the uh, or the Great wait what what's left? Rachel Maddow show, or uh, frickin' Frack, what what are the uh, Scarboro twins? Next time they show up there, who shows up there. I'm sure they're going to grill him, aren't they? whatever happened to Joy Reid? Did they grill her? Oh yes 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 an MSLSD host a raving anti-homosexual man that was back then I've changed now I'm different now I'm different somebody hacked into my system I don't remember writing things like that somebody went in there and put those words in there I don't know I mean I, I would never say such things but you did you can disagree with the LGBT agenda, but you don't need to pe- treat people like trash. And yet she did, and she still has a job. I remember there was a big spread on her. I think it was in the New York Times, maybe the Washington Compost. I can't remember, but I think it was the New York Slimes, how she was changing TV. She was cutting edge. She was brilliant. Any retraction there? No. The Holocaust denying New York slimes never, never retracts. They're never going to do that. Over there at the Washington Compost, they do investigative reports on everybody. Have they done an investigative report on Bezos, Mr. Producer, on how many of his employees are on food stamps? Did you folks know that? How they treat their employees? Not at the Washington Compost. They take care of them. Of course they do. I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about assembly line workers. Has anybody really delved into Bezos' empire and how Amazon treats its people? No. Well, maybe it's time to do that. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Berry, Texas. The great WBAP. Go ahead, please.
11: Mark, it's my treat to, to call you this evening. I wanted to give you an additional perspective, not a not a different one, but an additional one. I was 15 to 20 yards from where that the nose of Flight 77 crashed into the building and killed uh, hundreds of my coworkers and, and people on that plane. I didn't know. I would spend months in the burn unit up at the Washington Hospital Center up on North Capitol, just down from. From the U.S. Capitol. I'd spend months there and ultimately I would spend four years uh, being medically put back together again from the events of that day. When I hear the, the questions being asked of the CIA director, you're dead on about the, the moral relativism. Let me describe for you briefly what has to be done to you in a burn unit to survive. And I assure you it's worse than waterboarding. Waterboarding is romper room compared to what happens in a burn unit. You've got no skin on your body. You're being scrubbed in bleach or some other chlorine derivative. And in some cases, some of those, what they call the tank, it's the hydrotherapy room, but I assure you it's no spa. Of what's being done to you, and I've got a trach in my throat, and only the Lord can hear me scream because the nurses and the medical professionals in there, what they are doing to me, is tormenting me, pleading in my heart and my mind only the Lord can hear me scream, and I'm pleading for the mercy of death because of what's happening to me in that burn unit. And I didn't see any of these members of Congress come to the Washington Hospital Center's regional burn unit down there off of Irving Street, just off of North Capitol, to come worry about the concerns that myself and my other eight burn survivors were going through from the Pentagon or anybody in New York. It gets directly to what you specified in your book, Men in Black. It's exactly what Justice Jackson said. If if the Fifth Amendment invests enemy aliens, an unlawful hostile action against us with immunity from military trial, it puts them in a more protected position than our own soldiers. It would be a paradox indeed if what the amendment, the Fifth Amendment, denied to Americans, it guarantees to enemies. And this is the same parallel to our immigration problem. We have leaders in Washington who believe that their customers are those who would come to the country illegally or those that would attack and kill americans and that is a tragedy, and you've stated it so exceedingly well. thank you, my friend
1: you know uh, I'm sitting here honestly with a tear rolling down my cheek, listening to you, and I'm sorry you had to suffer like that, and I'm sorry you I- have to li- I- and I'm sorry you have to listen to these people and I'll tell you what my father who was in World War II. He calls me every night. He's going to be 93 years old. And he's so upset and disgusted and frustrated with what's going on. And I want you to know, Brian, there are tens of millions of us who stand with you and behind you and thank you.
11: You're welcome, Mark. I, I, I didn't call because I, I wanted you to focus on my suffering. Every one of us that's... I mean, look, it, it's somewhat humorous, Mark, that, I mean, I was coming out of the men's restroom going back to my office when that plane slammed into the building. And, you know, it's somewhat humorous to to tell a fellow veterans that I got my Purple Heart for coming out of the men's restroom. Uh, But whether you're in an office, in a bureaucratic fighting position in the largest office building in the Pentagon, or you're somewhere on a distant battlefield, when you've put that uniform on, you're willing. You know, and it isn't whether you got a Purple Heart or not, it's that you were willing to put one on. Mm -hmm. You were willing to earn one for your nation when you were playing those particularly the, the flight 77 and I mean, I could just think about, you know, Cheryl and Sandy, how we were watching the events unfold up in New York in our office there in the evening at the Pentagon. And I, and I, I want to be respectful to your time. I am not here to filibuster you. I just, it, it hurts me that the, that the same people who believe that dismemberment abortions or saline abortions are completely within our moral standards of our society today. Mm-hmm. Uh, are worried about waterboarding. When let me tell you what soldiers in San Antonio at the Brook Army Medical Center have gone through because of the injuries that they've sustained. It was one young man, Mer- Merlin German, it was a Marine, was injured in February of 05. He was hospitalized and died in April of 08. He was in that hospital for three years and two months. Nearly a 100% third degree burn, survived because of the miraculous medical community that we have, and frankly, the great physician was with him on the battlefield. The capacity for suffering that our men and women have served with and have borne, whether it was your father in World War II, Korea, Vietnam, I mean, I'm, I'm emotional right now and because my heart hurts for this nation. And you're articulating a worldview <coughs> that most Americans have that isn't being heard on that capital that's supposed to represent mostly Americans if not all Americans and it just I just wanted you to have that extra perspective because um, I'm no hero I'm you know I was just walking I was just at my place of duty that day and we were one of the buildings that got hit um, but there's not a day that doesn't go by I don't think about Cheryl or Sandy or Antoinette um, my friends that that survived my fellow burn survivors that I mean, that is a tough initiation into that fraternity, I assure you. Mm. And uh, I just wanted to say thank you to you for being a patriot. Mm. My weapon system in the military may have been firearms. Your weapons, mine may have been the Second Amendment. Yours has been the First Amendment. Well, and God bless you for doing it, my friend.
1: Uh, <laughs> not even close. But, Brian, I want to thank you very, very much for calling. And other people you've inspired are the people to call here. We're going to take it to. These politicians need to hear from you. And God bless you, my friend. What a remarkable human being you are. And I'll be right back.
12: The new American Revolution starts here. The Mark Levin Show. Call in at 877-381-3811.
1: All right. Let's see here, Mr. Producer. I'm looking, and I think we're set. One second, folks. I'm doing something here. There we are. You know, folks, let's be real. You know, if your Big Mother's Day surprise consists of one well-crafted text message, you need to go back to the drawing board ASAP. Moms deserve a whole lot more than that. Do it right this year. Celebrate mom with this special limited time offer from 1-800-Flowers.com. And you're running out of time. Right now, you can take care of all the mothers on your list. You know, your wife, your aunt, your sister, your grandma. 1-800-Flowers will give you 24 multicolored roses plus a free vase for only twenty nine ninety nine. Now, that's an offer that even mom would approve of. Multicolored roses are the perfect way to surprise all the moms in your life. Like I said, your wife, your grandmom, your aunt, your sister, even your daughter. These breathtaking roses, 1-800-Flowers, are picked at their peak and shipped overnight to ensure freshness. 24 multicolored roses plus a free vase for only twenty nine ninety nine. That's an amazing offer because they're not the kind you get at the grocery store, whatever, at the last minute where you're picking petals off the flowers and hoping for the best. But you need to hurry because this offer expires Thursday. That's tomorrow. Just pick your delivery date tonight, and 1-800-Flowers will handle all the rest. It's that simple. Don't put it off any longer. Order today from 1-800-Flowers.com. Now, to order 24 multicolored roses plus a free vase for only $29.99, Go to 1-800-Flowers.com, click the radio icon, and enter code LEVIN. That's the key. 1-800-Flowers.com, enter code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, 1-800-Flowers.com, code LEVIN. Do it right away. The offer ends tomorrow. And you don't want to forget. Let's take some more calls. People are furious about what took place on Capitol Hill today. Let's go to Dino, Liberty Hill, Texas. XM Satellite, how are you, sir?
13: Fine, sir. The great one, um, sir. I'm I'm Dino Guterres. I'm a retired military, now a published novelist. But anyway, um, yes, you're so right, and I share your your frustration. Yeah, I would Miss Hells held a higher person than me.
1: All right, hold I, on a I, second. You were a Navy. You were a SEAL, right? That
13: was um, Army, sir.
1: Army. Okay.
13: Army. Army, civil affairs, and um. You know, I know how to. I know how, Actually, I know how to manipulate people, interrogate them, and so forth like that, because. Well, not interrogate them, but. But, you know, I, I know how to get down to the bottom.
1: What did you make Just, of Kamala Harris today?
13: Oh. Well, let me see. I screamed at the television for a little bit,
1: mm-hmm. and then
13: I, I finally. I, with my PTSD, I'm I'm 90% disabled, sending this
1: PTSD. Oh, my goodness. I, I'm sorry.
13: I had to turn off the TV, because, I mean, I hire more. Oh, oh, my God. Who's. Somebody said on your program they rather dismember babies that are oh, you know what i mean yeah it's just yeah
1: in other words just, in other words these people are they're very um casual about calling abortion choice and um defending planned parenthood and all the butchery that has taken place there but when it comes to merely waterboarding and that's what it is merely waterboarding a a, a terrorist or would be terrorist then all of a sudden The question I have for Kamala Harris, the question I have for all of them, for that crowd, is, what's your moral compass? Thank you, Dino. Paul, Long Island, New York, the great WABC. Go right ahead, sir.
3: Thank you very much, uh, Mr. Levin, for taking my call. Uh, I'm a member of the Special Operations Command of the Fire Department of the City of New York, and uh, we lost 90 members of the Special Operations Command out of the 343 firefighters that were killed, along with all the poor, innocent people sitting at their desks, eating their bagels, eating their donuts that morning. We spent countless months at the pile trying to recover our brothers and sisters and people that that were perished that day. When I heard the, the confirmation hearing today, it made my stomach turn. And I think that the people of the United States, which you do a great job of educating, need to know what happened. And, and, and I don't talk about the 11th because it's very, very painful. But the bottom line is, when, you, when we responded that day, and when those towers came down, it became pitch black. And New York City became something out of a movie. It was surreal. And not only that day, but the lasting effects. Every time I take a medical... I have to worry about if I've got cancer. We just, we just buried a whole slew of brothers over the last few weeks of people with residual effects of what happened on 9-11. So if these people think that their moral compass uh, of, the, of, these, of these fine patriots and Americans that, that protect us and the CIA, if they think that their moral compasses aren't pointed due north, they need to get their heads examined. And the people of the United States, this can never happen again, sir. And I, I, I apologize. I'm so passionate about it. But when you lose as many brothers as I have, it's a tough thing. And, and I don't want to see that happen to, to the United States ever again.
1: It's going to happen if these people uh, run this country. could happen anyway. But uh, when I listen to them browbeating this woman, browbeating this woman when she stepped up, and 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 went to war the way the CIA goes to war, and what apparently was extremely effective, browbeating this woman, who's been an outstanding deputy director of the CIA. Apparently, the president nominates her to be CIA. Do you remember Brennan taking uh, attacks like this? A man who actually voted for a communist when he was a young man. He he flies through. This lady stands up when her country needs her, and look how they treat her. It is so. I don't know what else to say anymore.
3: It's appalling, sir. It's appalling. But just you, just be assured that the members of the FDNY and the members of the NYPD are there to protect the citizens of the United States and the city of New York. And there's great people like that that we depend on from the federal government to protect us in this country. Thank you very much for, for, for taking my call. Paul,
1: thank you for all that you did and all that you do. And the FDNY, which I love, as you know, and the NYPD, same thing. God bless you, my friend. You know, nothing makes me prouder, frankly, when I take a rare visit. First of all, a rare departure from the bunker. But I go into New York City, maybe I'm walking down the street of Manhattan to get something to eat before I go to the radio station. And a police officer, I walk by a fire station, and they yell out to me nothing makes me prouder nothing greg melbourne florida the great wmmb go ah hey long
6: time yes, first time caller thank you um I, you know waterboarding is so suggestive in this society nowadays it's like two sides of the coin but i mean they they say that you know extreme torture doesn't work but What will work? I mean, we need to try some new stuff. I mean,
1: First of all, it's not, as you know, it's not extreme torture. And secondly, it did work.
6: No, I'm talking about, like, pulling fingernails and stuff. They say Mm. that doesn't work. I don't consider Mm. waterboarding to be extreme at all. I I think it's not going, I mean, that propoval, that truth theorem, and all this other stuff. Hell, if hypnotism would work, that would be awesome. Um I I spent time at the PhoenixCon crash site and, it, and I talked to first responders. I talked to volunteers like while while they were there. Um I didn't you're get in, to see the tower the, fall.
1: Was, you're in the military?
6: I was Air Force at the time, yes. yeah. Civilian yeah. So, yeah, now. But I was vacationing in Sarasota, Florida days before this happening. So it was kind of surreal. Um, you know going to war I was 21 and I say go to war because I see body parts of civilians and soldiers alike coming out and being given their last testament you know preachers were there I saw reenlistment ceremonies actually there at the Burger King McDonald's Mm. was there feeding these people Mm. as well as two church groups cooking up storms it was I mean
1: who didn't you see there sir Anybody sitting on that committee? Uh, No, sir. Exactly. All right, Greg, thank you for your service. Alex, Sacramento, California, XM Satellite. Go right ahead. Hey, Mark, how are you? Okay.
11: So I've got a little theory here. I I listened to the Kamala Harris thing this morning. I was, you know, sick to my stomach. But there is a silver lining, in my opinion. I want to get your thought on this. Mm
8: -hmm. So she's considered kind of the... 2020 darling for the Democratic Party, I think she did everyone a great service by exposing just how
14: mean and ruthless she
11: is and how disrespectful she is. I think she actually did us a service by showing her true colors.
1: I think that's going to come tell me uh, you're in California. Kamala Harris, other than running for public office and serving herself, what has she contributed to society? Has she ever built anything? Has she created a business? Has she hired people? What, What exactly has she done?
8: She's made it a worse place.
1: I mean, why, why is she in line for the presidency? I mean, it's, it's, just, it's an incredible thing. All of a sudden, we're supposed to accept the fact that she might be the uh, presidential nominee of the Democrat Party. On what basis? I mean, this is our country. Democrat or Republican, it's our country. They're going to nominate her? She made a complete ass out of herself today, and it's not the first time. And they seem to be competing, which can be a bigger ass. Thank you for your call. And no, I don't respect them. No. If they're going to treat true patriots in such a disgusting and degrading and demeaning way, they don't deserve our respect. I'll be right back.
0: Mark Levin.
1: Let's take a call. How about we go to, um, and we're going to move on to some other issues, too. Charles, Gainesville, Florida, the great WSKY. How are you? Ex-Navy pilot. How are you, sir?
14: I'm great, Mark. Thanks for taking my call.
1: Yes, sir. Thank you.
14: Um, I wanted to make a comment that the yes-no questioning was interrogation and not really looking for confirmation of... um, her background, and I just think it's just horrible to have somebody in the seat and and just interrogate him that way.
1: I mean, they're questioning her morality. What is her moral compass when she's serving the nation? Uh, I just just thought it was so beyond the pale. I mean, these people are out of control, as it is.
14: I totally agree. Yeah. And if I may, Mark, um, one other thing I wanted to mention was Um, for air crewmen that had the potential of being captured, um, part of our standard training was two methods of interrogation. One would be the waterboarding. Um, The other one was smoke and inhalation with the smoke. But we um, typically would have air crewmen waterboarded as part of their training. So U.S. military personnel received the same treatment that the um, prisoners did as well. And so if the senator is so upset about that, type of method, um, why we were using that in the U.S. military.
1: Well, you make here. a great point. What, were they torturing you? I mean, it's so stupid. Their whole argument is stupid. But let's be honest. This is because Lindsey Graham and, and Senator McCain uh, led the way and claimed this is waterboarding. The lib media picked it up and ran with it. They they The media never do anything in support of this country. Have you noticed that? When is I the have. last time the media in the aggregate supported this country?
14: I agree. I agree. Do, they and, you know, the do they support the military?
1: Do they support the police officers? Do they support our, our founding institutions? Uh, do they? I mean, what is it that the media support in this country? Nothing except themselves. Absolutely. All right, and yes, sir. And if I may, Mark, yeah.
14: one other question, if I got a yes, second. Sir. Yeah. Remember the first Gulf, Gulf War, we had embedded journalists who got to travel with the military. I would love to hear some of their perspective of current situations. I think they would bring a very good mix of journalism and also experience being with our soldiers.
1: Thank you, sir. And I appreciate your service. You know, I have some big news from PM Capital. And this is really important, and I know it's not going to last forever because they already told me this. They know that when it comes to retirement, you know, most of us want to make sure we have the means to travel and see more of this great country. That's why for a very limited time, and it's almost over, I'm just tipping you off, PM Capital is giving away an exclusive $2,500 travel savings card with all gold and silver purchases over $5,000. Now, you heard me right. You'll receive a free $2,500 travel savings card when you purchase over $5,000 worth of gold or silver from PM Capital. So not only will you have the solid investment of precious metals, you'll be on your way to receiving substantial savings on the hotel stays across the country, as an example. So call PM Capital right now to place your order. I know I say this and be, I'll call them tomorrow. Call them now. I'm just giving you a heads up. 1-877-382-2503. 1-877-382-2503. 1-877-382-2503. Or visit mytravelcard.gold, mytravelcard.gold. And I hope you'll take advantage of this because uh, we worked very hard together with our sponsor to do this. So 1 877 382 2503. Let us go to Debbie, Fort Walton, Florida XM satellite. Go right ahead.
5: Hey, Mr. Levin. Thank you so much for taking my call. I yes. just have a few comments to make. <clears throat> Number one, about Kamala Harris and her concerns about our methods of torture to extract information from some of these terrorists and other combatant enemies. When she's talking about torture, torture methods may be extreme, but you know what? They're survivable. The babies that they're tearing limb from limb are, mm-hmm. do not survive. And she wants to question. No, they could care less. This is, about, uh, this is about their power, and we should be concerned about Kamala Harris being nominated to run for president of the United States. You know what, Mr. Levin, don't forget, they nominated a community organizer. Who oh, was I elected know. To and,
1: and, and, and if they could, they nominate a, a, uh, a communist.
5: Absolutely they would, absolutely.
1: I mean, Sanders, to... Sanders can fool everybody else. He doesn't fool me. He's an old line, long-in-the-tooth communist. That's what he is. He dresses well, it up, but that's the way it is.
5: That's the way it is, and we're leaning closer and closer to socialism that could happen in my, my grandchildren's lives. But I have another question for you. Why have we not introduced an amendment to our Constitution that requires any congressman to run to, that's running for office to serve in our U.S. military, in our armed forces?
1: Well, because, well, well, there are many good people honestly, who have not, and many good people who have. So I wouldn't be so limiting. I mean,
5: to me, I'm, well, not, we, I'm not
1: opposed to it, but the American people can make that decision on their own.
5: Well, they can, and, and perhaps we should put it to a vote as to whether or not it should be a constitutional
1: Well, we don't put things to a vote. It's Congress has to do two-thirds of both houses. They vote, and then the state legislatures vote. We don't have plebiscites.
5: Okay, well, I hear hear what you're saying, but I think when we've got people making these types of decisions, questioning these experts.
1: I understand, but it's not going to happen. Thank you for your call. Quickly, Chris, Rockford, Illinois. I'm trying to get in as many people as I can. The great WROK, go. Hi, Mark.
3: Thank you very much. Uh, I was telling the call screener, I wished I had the platform
8: to ask some of these people who actually vote for Harris and others like that you know, hey, exactly why do you vote for this person? I'd love to hear what
3: they
1: have to say. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, hit these Because they're liberal Democrats. And uh, hey, hey, I'm voting for a liberal Democrat. They're compassionate. They'll give me stuff. They really care about the country. That's why. Thanks for your call. I'll be right back.
0: He's here. He's here. Broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark them
1: We are not intellectuals of the dark web. We are patriots of the bright lights. I'm Mark Levin, our number 877-381-3811 877-381-3811 I've always thought it weird that people self-identify as intellectuals Don't we get to decide if they're intellectuals? (laughs) I'm quite serious about this I write my books, people can determine whether I'm an intellectual or not, or a scholar or not or whatever they want to determine Can't run around and say, hey look at me, I'm I'm part of an intellectual movement. Actually, you're not. If you have to say it, you're not. Just saying. Conservatism has this stuff from time to time. Like the Reform Conservatives, I think they called themselves, and that was promoted in, of all places, the New York Times, the. I'm trying to remember the name. Is it the Internet Dark Web? What is it? Intellectuals of the Dark Web, New York Times, and so forth. Conservatives decide who their intellectuals are and conservatives decide who they're going to follow and who makes sense. A debating society is not an intellectual society. It's a debating society. For me, I have my own standards in making those determinations. If somebody writes something that I find particularly profound, they take a philosophy or they take an idea... And they take it to places that, for an example, I haven't thought of on my own. And I give this stuff a lot of thought. uh, And they are consistently of this mind. That's an intellectual. Somebody that keeps raising their hand and saying they're an intellectual, that's not an intellectual. That's somebody who keeps raising their hand and saying they're an intellectual. Just pointing it out. President Trump in a cabinet meeting today. Quite good as usual. Cut one. Go.
12: What are you going to do if Iran starts up their
15: nuclear program? Iran will find out. They're going to find out. I don't think they should do that. I would advise Iran not to start their nuclear program. I would advise them very strongly. If they do, there will be very severe consequences.
1: And you know what? When he says it, he means it. And the world knows he means it. It's not Obama with the red lines. More. Cut to go.
15: We can't allow a deal to hurt the world. That's a deal to hurt the world. That's not a deal for the United States. That's a deal to hurt the world. And certainly, uh, Israel, you saw Benjamin Netanyahu get up yesterday and talk so favorably about what we did. Some of the senators, I watch them now as they say, oh, he shouldn't have done it. But they don't say it, the Democratic senators, they don't say it with their full throat. They don't say it with heart. Because they have one problem. They were totally against it. Like Chuck Schumer was totally against the deal. He voted against the deal. He was fighting with Obama. In fact, I remember reading at the time, they ended up in a fight together over this deal. Because... He
1: and by the way, they slapped it. each other silly, I'm sure. Go ahead.
15: This deal is very bad for Israel and very bad for the Middle
1: East. Yep. But Mika Brzezinski, she is an offspring... Zbigniew Brzezinski say that fast ten times Zbigniew Brzezinski as I recall was the national security advisor to our greatest foreign policy president Jimmy Carter Zbigniew Brzezinski was an unadulterated disaster but look he's got his off string meek and I'm sure that's a proud thing or was uh What did she have to say about all this? Because Trump has accomplished so much more than her father and her father's boss ever could have dreamed of. Cut four, go. This
5: does draw us more into the Middle East. Our allies are upset, for sure.
1: No, no. Our allies in the Middle East are not upset in the least. The Israelis, the Saudis, the Egyptians, the Jordanians, they're not upset in the least. Genius. Go ahead.
5: I think the president's sanity is being questioned globally.
1: Uh, The president's sanity is being... You know, she's an ass. Isn't she an ass? Just a nasty person. Snarky, snotty, low IQ, nasty person, just like her soon-to-be husband, the lovely banjo player in Deliverance, Joe the Schmo Scarborough. Go ahead.
5: It was a campaign promise. It does appeal possibly to his face.
1: And I uh, uh, see, 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 so dense is she. That may be true, but that's not why he did it. He explained why he did it. Why won't they accept that he explained why he did it? With the support of his national security advisor, who's a thousand times better than her father was, with the support of his Secretary of State and a lot of smart people. I'm sorry over there at MSLSD, below IQ, across the board over there, across the board. You have to be stupid to be a host and even dumber to be a guest. And the guests, some of them don't even keep their hands to themselves. Go ahead.
5: of this president's behavior and decisions does lead me to question why he does anything and whether or not it's to deflect from something else. Because don't you're an idiot
1: ha- and you're a hater. That's why. And your ratings suck. My Sunday show has more viewers than their primetime morning show. Are you aware of this, Mr. Producer? So it's like they're talking to themselves. It's like they're at Thanksgiving dinner every day. Talking among themselves. Bringing in one miscreant and malcontent after another. To sit around the table. Plagiarist. Yeah, and, and, and they have to have diversity. There. They have plagiarist, sexual harasser. You know, they got to they have a whole diversity thing going on there. Boy, she is quite the nasty person, in my humble opinion. Then there's this guy, this uh, this senator from Connecticut. He is endlessly on cable TV. In fact, I think at this point, he's been on more cable shows than Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham is in the Guinness Book of World Records for being on TV more than any other politician in the history of politicians and TV. Did you know this? I made it up. But it's tr- it could be true. But this guy, Chris Murphy, Dunderhead, Connecticut, he wants to beat Lindsey Graham's record. Here he is on MSLSD on the Morning Joe Schmo Show. Go.
12: And unfortunately, President Trump's foreign policy is dictated by undoing anything that has uh, Obama's fingerprints on now, it. Now,
1: first of all, if that were true, that would be outstanding. But that's not what drives Trump and his team. You remember when Obama would travel the world and trash America? Trump doesn't travel the world and trash America. Trump stands up for America. Chris Murphy wouldn't know this. He's a left-wing radical kook, sellout, Democrat senator from the nutmeg state. With emphasis for him on nut. Go ahead.
12: Uh, what's good for the nation. Uh, I guess his theory of the case is that... And now let's stop
1: a second. Let's see if he says anything substantive whatsoever. Go ahead.
12: Unwind the sanctions relief, eventually put it all back together, the set of sanctions, bring the Iranians to the table and convince them to sign a better deal than the one that they signed during the Obama administration. That is pure fantasy. Now, that's
1: fascinating. See, the guy's an idiot. He revealed himself. If that's pure fantasy... Then why did the Europeans say, we can fix this deal, we can fix this deal? If it's pure fantasy, were they lying? Were your good friends over in Germany and France and Britain, were they lying, senator? Even Kerry was saying, you know, maybe he can work on it and so forth. But you're saying no. And Trump knew the answer was no. Go ahead. Let's listen to this genius.
12: As your previous guest mentioned, what's really gonna happen is that the Iranians are gonna probably in the short term try to cut a side deal with the Europeans that further splinters us from our European. We're partner. not splintered
1: from the Europeans. They need us, we don't need them. But that said all these machinations going on. The guy never says what's in the best interest of the United States of America. Never. Go ahead.
12: Eventually, that deal probably falls apart. The Iranians restart. The
1: ah! Iranians. Shut up! I'm sick of you already. I'll be right back. Much love in. You know, more than one million children became victims of identity theft in 2017, and families paid 540 million dollars out of pocket to cover the costs of the fraud. Kids' identities are worth tons on the black market. Thieves open accounts, and parents don't find out for years, often when they apply for financial aid for college. It's a disaster. With school and medical records now digitized, and even young kids routinely online, the risk is growing faster than ever. But you needn't worry. You can protect your family, including your kids, right now with Care. My ID Care covers you for the 9 types of identity fraud and theft, including child ID theft, with great family plans. And they promote a 100% identity recovery guarantee or your money back. That's the difference between My ID Care from the other guys and that's why My ID Care and I have now partnered. You need top-tier identity recovery and they stand by it with their guarantee. You and your kids need protection and you need My ID care like me and my family. Learn more. Get 15% off. Go to slash mark. It's that simple. slash mark or call 866 334 3084. That's 866 334 3084 or go to slash mark. I'm hooked on MMA Love watching the UFC As a matter of fact I can remember several years ago Before it was really big Maybe it was like 8 or 9 years ago And and often they would fight on these outside uh, Forums Typically around Nevada somewhere, Las Vegas And they would have the cages and everything One time I sat on a Saturday for 6 hours And watched 6 hours I think it was reruns even I can't help it. Just the way it is. Tell you something else. I love watching in the morning. I don't watch ESPN. I'm not a big ESPN guy, except for one show. First take. And I can't watch a lot of that. I only get about 20 or 30 minutes in. But I love to watch Stephen A. Smith. And I love to watch it. I've grown uh, to watch this guy, Max. What the hell is his last name, Rich? I can't remember. Kellerman. You know, he annoyed me for a while. I'm there. Like, what is this guy sitting there? Like a lib. I start to listen. He stays out of politics. He's all right. Gets into politics. Just another liberal schlub. But when he's not, he's okay. I mean, they're all there as foils for Stephen A. But that said, it's pretty good. I like it. Now, why am I discussing this? Well, why does there have to be a why for that? Casey. Manassas, Virginia, the great WMAL. Go.
8: Hey Mark, how you doing? Long time listener, first time caller. Like to
1: thank, thank you, you for uh, having
11: me
8: on here. You bet. I was just kind of curious real quick. Um, yes. as far as from pulling out of the Iran deal. It <clears throat> wasn't a great <throat> deal, it's kind of overdue, but I'm a little bit concerned as to what kind of long term, even medium or short term repercussions you might see in our dealings with other countries if we pull out of this. Why would they be inclined to think we'll stick with any other agreement? Well,
1: I think any time we make a deal with a genocidal, uh, America-hating country that seeks to build ICBMs and put warheads on them within seven years, if they don't trust us, that's okay.
8: Right, that's fine. If Iran trusts us or not, that's a given they're not going to trust us probably no matter
1: what sir sir the whole thing was built on a lie as it turned out you've been following this they have a ton of information the israelis found
8: well, i've been following it very closely no and one what really did you make of that stick with it letter by
1: letter What? what? letter by letter they said they weren't working on nuclear arms and they were i'm sure they probably were but isn't see yeah nothing i say is going to convince you because you're a phony get off the phone But, 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 what do I have to say? It's a regime that wants to blow its neighbors off the face of the earth. That keeps threatening us. It is a war machine. Uh, We entered into this agreement. Obama lied. The enemy lied. The Europeans lied. The UN lied. We have a president that says, all right, we're not going to put up with this." Hey, what's this going to say about the future when we have deals with other countries? What are they going to say? What are they going to say? They're going to say, when you have a real president in office, they're not going to take this you-know-what. Let's continue, shall we? John, El Dorado Hills, California, Sirius Satellite, go. El Dorado, thank you, Mark. I was going to actually hum a little sister sledge
8: for you, but you'd never want to listen to the song (laughs) after you heard me.
1: Then don't do it, please.
8: I'm, I'm in, here in El Dorado Hills, the last Republican stronghold here in California, but we need reinforcements. Right. Uh, we're, we're, we're but don't look to it. me.
1: I'm not moving there.
8: I'm a, I'm a retired policeman from across the bay in Oakland where uh, Camilla Harris actually started. Um, I remember back in the early 90s, she was a ADA there, uh, and I, I, I never Assistant knew. Assistant DA. Assistant D.A. and uh, now wait a minute. Was she an
1: assistant trip. D.A. in Oakland or San Francisco? I thought at San Francisco.
8: She, she was a, she was an assistant D.A. in Alameda County in Oakland okay. and uh, started dating Willie Brown. I don't know if you remember him. Uh, yeah. I American. thought they have a
1: huge age difference, don't they?
8: They oh she he was yeah she was in her twenties and he's I don't know pushing sixty seventy years old but uh, mm-hmm. that's how she got her her, her rise she uh, they were dating and when he was elected mayor she, he uh, he dumped her but gave her a job at the San Francisco DA's office and she uh, rose up and and she's so far left Mark that. When she was DA, the uh, there was a policeman killed, and I don't remember his name in San Francisco. She refused to to seek the death penalty on the cop killer, and she so far left. Dianne Feinstein at this poor cop's funeral stood up and said, "Miss Harris, you need to you need to seek the death penalty," and got a standing ovation by the San Francisco P.O.A., And she refused to. Uh, as to, as
1: a matter of fact, see- Feinstein now is considered way too moderate.
8: No, oh, she she was, and, and and Kamala Harris is a vindictive person. She ended up, mm-hmm. I think, firing the one of the attorneys, the DA that worked for her in San Francisco. She is a wolf in sheep's clothing. But I'll tell mm-hmm. you, if if the progressive left could have built a robot, could have built a perfect creature to She'd represent. Be it.
1: All right, my friend, got a Thank you for your service as a police officer. When we come back, I have a great guest. But I'm not going to tell you till you come back.
12: The establishment's worst nightmare. Mark Levin. Call in now. 877-381-3811. The
1: Great Revolt. Inside the Populist Coalition Reshaping American Politics by Selena Zito and Brad Todd Selena Zito, how are you? I'm fine, Mark, how are you? It's so nice to talk to you It's been, you know, I've known you forever and we haven't spoken forever
9: I know, well, the the whole election kind of got in the way and then, you know, we both got busy
1: (laughs) Well, let me say something This is a fascinating book and uh, I want to ask you several questions about it Let me start this way which is the, really the threshold of the book. Who are the Trump supporters? Where do they come from? Where have they been? Did they exist before Donald Trump even became a candidate?
9: Well, it's really interesting that you ask, ask that, because this is a coalition that has been building, I have argued, since 2006. In fact, when I talked about this well, way back in 2008, where I said something is going on, and I'm not quite sure what it is. And so, you know, these voters have essentially been, you know, hidden in plain sight. Uh, they're suburban voters. They're blue-collar voters. Um, there are people that are, you know, hit or miss, you know, like Perot voters. Um, there are suburban women with guns. There are suburban women who want their family to ha- and their community to have a, um, a, a better shot. And, and there are King Cyrus, Cyrus Christians. Uh, or at least that's what I call them, these are evangelical uh, voters and Catholic voters who decided to be more pragmatic with their vote and, and put the person in who had their back. And they have been here all along at their, you know, the establishment in both parties have been blown up by them because they're incredibly tired uh, in the way they have been not treated with dignity or respect or given the opportunity that people that live in the super zip codes in this world have had. And I'll tell you one thing that's really important, Mark. They aren't just blowing up uh, politics. Their force is felt outside of the ballot box, and it's impacted sports, entertainment, Hollywood, how we buy and purchase things.
1: Let me ask you this, and uh, you... And your co-author have studied this, obviously, more than I have. Uh, but I get the sense on the radio when I speak to people all these years. This really is, to me, a, a, a part of the Tea Party movement, part of the Reagan revolution. Yeah. Maybe it's a little yeah. different here and there, but it's the same basic people, is it not?
9: Absolutely. And, and you know, so I went to the rest of state, state, uh, the uh, Pennsylvania, Ohio, michigan wisconsin and iowa and i went to the counties that flipped those states towards trump um the the counties that voted obama obama trump and i dug in and interviewed hundreds and hundreds of people and i broke them down into seven different archetypes and and this this has been building since reagan there's not a lot of shade between a Reagan voter and this voter. There's not a lot of shade between a Tea Party voter and this voter. And and a lot of, you know, traditional conservative Democrats have been brought along for the ride because they don't share the values that the Democratic Party has has sort of told them they need to follow, probably in the past two decades. They've been shifting away from them since Bill Clinton.
1: Do you think Donald Trump, before you- President Trump, that he instinctively knew this or that he was traveling around and he got the same sense of what was taking place as you and your co-author did?
9: Well, yeah, I think here's what I think. I've interviewed the president a couple of times, and each time that I have interviewed him, I've noticed that the people that he connects with are not the people that's sitting in his office. If, if, If he wasn't president, it wasn't the people sitting in his office in Trump Tower. And it wasn't the people in Washington now that he is president. I've interviewed him in the West Wing. It is the blue collar, uh, people, you know, I've seen him in different situations just, you know, immediately connect with people. And I think he un- instinctively understood. This is always why he says we, we will win, not I will win. We will win. He always instinctively understood that he was not the cause of this. He, is the result of it. And he knew how to work with, with, their, with their concerns and make them, you know, uh, that's the one thing that has always annoyed me. Everyone has said, you know, Trump voters are negative. Trump voters are nationalistic. They're the most aspirational. You read the first three pages. As a woman who's gone through so many ups and downs in her life, you see that aspiration. Make America Great Again was an aspirational message. It has made people want to be part of something bigger than themselves. And it's not nationalism that is important to them. I mean, there, you know, there are some people that, you know, that, that that is a draw, but it's more about localism. It's more about wanting your family and your community and your state and your country to go to a better place. And you want everyone to come along with you.
1: You know, I'm not a big fan of this word nationalism. I call it Americanism. I I like this word Americanism. And, you know, because the left has staked out this hostile, and I'll say it, anti-American position down the line. And people look around. And then, you know, you have a lot of old-time Democrats, not part of the radical elements of the Democratic Party. They're very patriotic. You have people who, uh, yes. who are blue-collar, white-collar. They're very patriotic, and they don't like what's happening to their country.
9: They, they absolutely don't. And, and part of the problem is, is that all the decision-makers in this country, whether it's politics or if it's in the boardroom, are made in these sort of super zip codes. And they don't share that, that patriotism. They're more globalist. And they so when they make decisions when it comes to politics, or whether it comes to sports, or whether it comes to how they sell things, they make a decision based on globalism, as opposed to a more patriotic understanding of the people that are buying and or watching their programs. Look at Roseanne. I don't know one person in Hollywood, you know, one smart person in Hollywood that predicted that that would have happened. And look at the look who drove the numbers. It was the top 20 who drove the historic numbers for her show, or the, the, uh, were um, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Cincinnati, Ohio, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, New York, mm-hmm. and 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 um, San Francisco or Los Angeles. They were in the bo- they were past 20. They didn't even make the top 20. Mm-hmm. So the, the the power, the buying power of this coalition, is not all, is is also impacting Hollywood, and it's enduring.
1: This is a terrific book, folks. The Great Revolt Inside the Populist Coalition, Reshaping American Politics. We're linking to it on Mark Levin show Facebook, Mark Levin show Twitter. I really want you to go out there and get it. You're really going to be edified about what's going on here. And then we have this other element that is so thoroughly hostile to the people who you visited and spoke to and so forth. They almost seem like uh, they have a right To control their lives, they have a right to advance their agenda. They have a right to do all these things, even when the folks that you're writing about, people in my audience, rise up and vote them out and vote somebody else in.
9: Yeah, it's
1: it it is it is stunning. And by the the way, and by and by, and by the way, Suley, it's also within the Republican Party. Absolutely, I'm glad you made that point. It is absolutely. Do you know
9: why West Virginia last night was a story? Because uh, the McConnell people believed that they were going to lose, and so they're the one that put—they're the ones who completely don't know this coalition, completely don't understand it, and they're putting it out there that Blankenship was going to win. Look, I live in Pittsburgh. i live mm-hmm. fifteen minutes from the West Virginia border. I've covered this race. There was no way he was going to win and 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 so that that just proved to me i was i was so mad about this cuz it just proved to me that the republican establishment still does not understand this coalition and more importantly does not respect it it's, it it doesn't it doesn't allow it to see any dignity coming down from the establishment
1: and these attacks on trump Uh, Um, you know, they'll tell you, well, I'm not, we're not attacking his supporters. voter. We're attacking Trump. They don't like the way he tweets. They don't like what he says and so forth and so on. And yet around the people I grew up, they're not all polished. They don't all talk in complete sentences. They're not all phony politicians. And so a lot of people identify with the fact that he's down to earth.
9: Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's uh, other seven archetypes. One of my favorite ones, Mark, are the rougher rebounders. And I called them that because they were people that had tragedies in their life, uh, whether it was, um, you know, a, 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 a death in the, an early a tragic death in the family, an economic loss um, two, you know, one, two, three divorces, um, job changes. They were the ones that uh, that were the most passionate about Trump. And 30% of them voted for Obama in, in, um, in, in both elections. But they're the ones that had not an evolution. They had a revelation. And they took a look mm-hmm. at him and said, you know what? I, I, I've been up and I've been down. So has that guy. And when people make fun of him for the way that he talks, I could see myself talking like that. I don't have a problem with that. You Which know, is why I said in the beginning of the election, people take him seriously, but not literally. But my profession takes him literally, but not seriously. Yeah,
1: good point. You know, Selena, the other interesting thing to me, tell me what you think, is this. The the folks that you talk to, many of the people in my audience and so forth, uh, some of them are struggling, some aren't struggling. Uh, the Hillary Clinton and the Democrats and, and many of the never-Trumpers and the Republican Party and so forth like to put them down you know they're people yeah. who are down and the country's not down and they're so negative and yet they're the most patriotic of the citizens they believe in <laughs> so this country
9: they believe in this country they believe in their family they believe in their community they're incredibly patriotic they're the people that are volunteering at the fish fries or the elks club for flag day or you know doing the um, volunteer work to make sure that that kids that are at risk get the help or get the community support that they needed. I mean, they're the most optimistic people that I've ever, you know, spent time with. And when I go out and interview people, I don't fly and I don't take an interstate. I take the back roads and I only stay in a bed and breakfast. So the first person I meet in the community is a small business person. And I get to, and to know a, a community from the ground up. And I, there. Those places are where I feel most at home. I'm sitting in Washington, D.C. D. right now, and I think I have hives a little bit. I can only be here. I can only be here for so long, and I need to get to the hills of Pennsylvania because it, it, this is just a really different world for me. And
1: Let me just say that. Is it fair to say, at least in my mind's eye, and if it's not, tell me. When I think of the folks you're talking about and writing about, and many of whom are in my audience, I think of Norman Rockwell. Yes. I think of his yes. paintings of America, of his love of country, trying to capture what America yes. is all about. Am I right about that?
9: Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. And and it's not that it's idealistic. It is that it is authentic. Mm. And people don't understand that authenticity. They don't understand that grit. I mean, these are the people that work with their hands and, and, and every day, and they're the ones that are are part of the, just the backbone of all the things that are great in this country and and to make them sort of you know something to mock or scorn is is really just it's 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 maddening to me that's why Roseanne worked i mean she portrayed she didn't portray uh, herself perfectly she portrayed herself authentically are
1: are you are you being invited on the same shows as James Comey by the way to promote your book?
9: Yeah, that's no, no. But oh, the really? president did tweet President did tweet about my book.
1: Mm-hmm. That but but, but my, my point is I want my audience to know this is a profoundly important book. It is a profoundly important book because it's not just about Trump. It's not even just about populism. It's about American culture. Yeah. It's about it's about American society. And I want to strongly encourage you folks out there, seriously, to get a hold of this book. It's called The Great Revolt. Inside the Populist Coalition Reshaping American Politics by Selena Zito longtime friend of mine outstanding reporter and Brad Todd I don't know who that guy is but if she likes him it's fine by me so
9: she's <laughs> a poster, uh, so that he backed up everything that we wrote
1: there you go and you're going to learn a lot of things and so uh, I think it's a very very important book and I want to thank you you know what I'm going to have you back in a couple of weeks this went too fast
9: okay that was I don't do awesome. that for
1: anybody are you aware of that
9: Oh, yeah, I'm giving you a hug right now. Do you know that? <laughs> okay. I'm hugging you right
1: now. <laughs> All right, Slim, Sel- but seriously, this is really a great book, and uh, I want to thank you. You wrote, a- you wrote a beautiful book, an important book, and you take care of yourself.
9: Thank you, Mark. Thank you so much.
1: All right, be well. I'm serious, Rich. I want to have her back. I only got through half of it so far in terms of discussing it. So we'll bring Selena back, and I'll be right back. Mark
0: Lovin'.
1: What am I doing, Richie Rich? All right, well, let's see here. I'm working on it. Folks, you don't know. I've been working with a handicap here, not a physical handicap. My damn printer hasn't worked all week. I'm trying to connect the thing, connect the thing. But here we are. Good news, folks. Hillsdale College is offering their free online Constitution 101 course again, but only for a limited time. So register right away, please. Go to Levinforhillsdale.com. That's L E V I N for Hillsdale.com. Hillsdale's the authority on teaching the Constitution. You can take the course based on the same curriculum that Hillsdale students use, taught by the same amazing professors. Do you know close to one million people have already registered? If you haven't, you really should. Now I know this research I'm about to share doesn't apply to my listeners. But did you know one in three Americans can't name a single right protected by the First Amendment? I'm guessing half of those are journalists. Yet the First Amendment, and only 25% can name all three branches of government. But get this, 33% can't name any branch of government, not even one. So look, folks, we need to help make sure that our fellow Americans understand not just those facts, but our constitutional rights too, and that's going to depend on each one of you. Go to Constitution 101. It provides you the perfect overview. And how do you do it? You register at levinforhillsdale.com. It's completely free. You'll get even a free pocket constitution just for signing up. And you have to know liberty, of course, to defend it. And that's what Hillsdale College is all about. levinforhillsdale.com. L-E-V. I can do this. L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale And... New York, New York, the great W.A.B.C. Go.
7: Hi, Mark. Um, I'm a physician in New York City, and I work with World Trade Center survivors. And I'm calling tonight just to give an illustration of what the Iranians think of the United States. In 1986, I was living in Florence, Italy. And one day I had the TV on and I had the Italian news, and they were showing something from a broadcast in Iran. There were two anchors, sitting at a desk, a man and a woman, with the map of the world on the wall behind them. And we're looking at it and there's something strange about this map. What is it? And what it was is that for North and South America, Canada was attached directly to Mexico. There was no United States or Mm -hmm. great the great Satan, as they call us sometimes we tried to see if Israel was present on the map, but one of the anchors was sitting in front of it. So whoever is thinking that the president of the United States did not do the right thing by getting us out of this Iranian debacle uh, needs their head examined. Okay, Mark? So.
1: Well, I would say that would, that would be uh, most liberals, uh, whether they dress up as reporters or Democrats. Yes. yes. And that would also include guys like uh, Bob Corkscrew, a guy <laughs> like him, and Jeff... Uh, flake flake so yes they all need their heads examined thank you for your call was very very nice and I appreciate it ladies and gentlemen thank you for listening this evening we salute our armed forces police officers firefighters and emergency personnel we have a hell of a Levin TV for you tonight I hope you'll join us it's 30 days free you know you can check it out 844 Levin TV it's that simple see you tomorrow God bless you